listening to the Artown Reno podcast with KWNK LP 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. Our guest this week is Ben Innes, a local community coordinator with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance, which works for tenants. He recaps the legislative session and speaks to fights ahead and why housing should be a universal right. I'm your host, Nico Columbant, the coordinator of Artown Reno, which includes this podcast. First a word from our sponsor and then back to this week's episode with Ben Innes, a community coordinator with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcast. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of, of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. This is the Art Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbant, and we're here with Ben Innes, the coalition coordinator with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. Ben, how's it going? Good morning. I'm doing well. So, Ben, we're mm. about a month away from the legislature closing shop. Any wins? Uh, I would argue meaningful, lasting, uh, material wins for tenants, for, for struggling Nevadans, hardworking Nevadans, and families. I would say no, none. Not even a tiny win here uh, or there? I'd say very few, but you know, the, it doesn't, doesn't stop there. There's a lot, lot of, excuse me, long way to go. Much so work you ahead. were advocating for a lot of bills. There were some in discussion, but they all fizzled. They all died eventually. Uh, what? Which ones were the most uh, disappointing not to see get signed by the governor? Yeah, uh, I will say that the process was exciting uh, compared to the last legislative session in 2021. Uh, many of these bills um, died immediately. Um, so when we talk about summary eviction reform, uh, this happened to be Assembly Bill 161 uh, at that time uh, was immediately gutted to become a study. You know, something something very, I think, uh, you know, slow, kind of passive. Um, and then, you know, similarly, um, former Senator Julia Ratty had Senate Bill 218 uh, to to uh, enact uh, meaningful uh, tenant protections around applications and fees and uh, security deposits and the like. Um, and that had passed the Senate easily and then stalled uh, in, in the excuse me, passed in the Senate easily and installed in the assembly. Um, and so flash forward to now um, where, you know, unfortunately, uh, our state's housing crisis has only uh, deepened and worsened despite being further removed from the pandemic. Um, and, you know, um, you know, the vast majority of our priority bills that we had made made its way all the way to the governor's desk. Uh, and, you know, I guess we can say that is also a win. Um, and then, you know, uh, unfortunately, again, just before the, the final deadline, this was Friday, June 16th, after the whole um, Oakland A stadium fiasco. Um, yeah. So the, the pen, the hammer struck down uh, and no no justice for tenants. So ultimately, a lot of the losses you're saying are due to the Republican governor, Joe Lombardo. Correct. Correct. So were opportunities missed uh, when we had a Democratic governor, Steve Sisolak? I would say, yeah. And that, and that would fall back to, um, you know, folks inside the building. Um, you know, certain committees can be very tricky, uh, very difficult, uh, particularly uh, commerce and labor and uh, trying to navigate that. Um, yeah. So I don't think we, we expected that, um, you know, to, for just kind of this bizarre world. Um, to make it through to the end and not get it through. But so definitely 2021, which was, of course, in the, the peak of the pandemic. Yeah, that was certainly a missed opportunity as well. 
Is there possibly hypocrisy uh, in play here where they go bolder when they don't think maybe it will end up being signed? Uh, it's definitely something worth considering. Um, it'd be a, a weird, a gross type of strategy, but I guess, yeah, I have to consider that. What we're not seeing, I think, is kind of like boldness in, in legislators, housing champions. Um, and so, again, 2023, we're seeing new movement, new conversation, but is uh, far, far overdue. Uh, and I think in, in many ways, the, the issue has become fashionable in a sense, you know, and now it's cool to support housing, um, as, as absurd as that might sound. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities were there in 2019 and 2021. Um, so it's hard that we we have to wait uh, two years every single time to try to get, again, meaningful, lasting change through. And ideal scenarios, if we had supporters of the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance in power at all levels, what kind of bills would we be seeing now in effect? Yeah. So in this last session, we had Assembly Bill 340. This was sponsored by Assemblywoman Summers Armstrong, uh, and that was to reform the summary eviction process. Um, that process, the summary evictions in particular, is very unique to Nevada. Um, it is very swift. It is punitive. Um, and it uh, kind of doesn't make sense logically uh, in terms of uh, like the legal process because uh, it is incumbent on the tenant to file first with an answer. So it's just convoluted and confusing, which is already stressful and traumatic uh, process. Um, and there's really no other um, no other state uh, has a similar system. Um, yeah, so tenants would have um, you know level level playing field, uh, able to to um, navigate that process more humanely with dignity with their landlords. Um, and then you know limits on application fees, um, uh, no surprise or hidden fees. That's coming up more and more. That um, what you're being charged with month to month isn't what's on your lease. So just like we call them junk or hidden bills, kind of bogus bills. Um, making sure tenants can get their um, security deposits back to, uh, in a timely manner. That and that way you know exactly what you're being charged for, because that isn't always the case. Um, and uh, you know a lot of it too is you know I keep. I, you know, spoke a moment ago about material wins, material conditions, but also just, I think, uh, symbolic wins and, and changing the culture and philosophy around housing and, and uh, working towards the decommodification of it. Um, but really, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, there are some like pseudo or false solutions that are, they can just be detours. Uh, and when I say detour, that means they just bring you to the same end no matter what. Um, but if we can just divert the course uh, and prevent, you know, have a meaningful system that can uh, proactively identify evictions before they happen, um, help those tenants in crisis or need and simultaneously keep landlords whole, then we can uh, prevent them from ever happening. And yes, more on that, without any significant wins, what's the reality check now for People in Nevada, what are they facing? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it is grave. It is very, very grave. Um, so uh, another bill from the 21 session was Assembly Bill 486, um, and it included uh, and these. So it had uh, it gave protections to tenants, but these just expired last month. Um, and it, for tenants who are actively um, waiting for approval for rental assistance um, before they receive the, their eviction notice, they would have a, a stay to their eviction, a, a delay, uh, and they would be protected from it until their uh, rental assistance came through. So that just expired. Um, we had a bill uh, to continue those protections uh, and they died. Uh, and we have you know, uh, peers and partners, um, we'll just you know, speak to Las Vegas uh, in, in this case, um, um, at the Legal Aid Center. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think of what the, the, what the number is. Um, I don't know if it's daily or weekly. Uh, it was 1,500. Now it is 3,000. Um, so we're we're seeing those numbers double. Um, and again, these are um, I would argue, you know, the the um, 
the most struggling Nevadans and, and families are, are the hardest working. Um, we celebrate, um, you know, our state and, and our cities and tourism and, and all the glitz and glamour. Um, but these are uh, people, you know, um, working in the hotels, front of house, back of house, um, all of that. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that, um, yeah, I guess folks get to reap what they sow and then they're left with, yeah, very minimal support or protections. This is the Your Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbant. And we're here with Ben Innes, the coalition coordinator for the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. So we immediately dove into the post-legislation, uh, legislature disappointments. What exactly is the Housing Justice Alliance? When was it set up? Why was it set up? And the fight continues. Yeah. Um, so the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance, we are a coalition of grassroots organizers and community advocates um, who work directly with tenants, uh, and I'll speak back on that point in a moment, um, to work for, again, repeating the same words, but meaningful, lasting, material uh, changes uh, uh, in tenants' lives. Um, and our goal, um, you know, everything our work to do is, uh, is about education and empowerment in our organizing with tenants um, so that they are part of, of um, this fight and this process. Um, and we, we aim to address the root causes of housing insecurity um, as we make sure that every uh, tenant has a place to call home. Um, and it goes without saying, sometimes, you know, go blue in the flame blue in the face saying it so much but that housing is a human right that should be one of the first things that um uh anyone uh you know has secured or guaranteed or, or provided for or, or subsidized and so on um and that's what we work towards um and why i you know champion that we work directly with tenants is that there are um you know quite a few other uh housing ju- uh, um, alliances or coalitions in the state and they are either developer backed and developer funded or um, led by uh, property managers and landlords um, so I just think that can often be you know misleading or a misnomer um, and again that is our um, not only our biggest point of pride but that that is the reason why we do what we do and in terms of action uh, there's this law which uh, seemingly allows uh, counties and cities to take action but oftentimes they will defer to the state mm-hmm. saying these are state issues uh, is it vague how do you view that whole issue of whether the Washoe County Board of Commissioners the city of Reno City Council could be taking more action yeah and this goes back as I said a few moments ago about um, needing uh, boldness and braveness in our leaders and and folks willing to um, use their the privilege and power of their position to to be housing champions uh, for our uh, you know, deeply struggling uh, communities. Um, and what you speak to, um, uh, we actually had a priority bill on, it was Assembly, or excuse me, Senate Bill 371, sponsored by Senator Flores. Um, and it uh, makes, uh, it's about Dylan's rule. Um, and when I say Dylan's rule, um, it's kind of this like legal dichotomy, and we are a home rule state. And so, uh, um, Local jurisdictions, uh, cities and counties um, cannot act on things uh, uh, legally uh, uh, in the Constitution without having express authority granted from the state. Uh, And so, again, you know, speaking about how this crisis is deeply rooted, started well before the pandemic um, and advocates and communities uh, and and organizers, everyone in between, um, were already, you know, beginning this fight. Um, you know, with urgency and our leaders, uh, as you said, would shrug their shoulders, point over there, they would defer, deflect and say, you know, we just don't have that power. Um, and so that bill was to, you know, aim to settle once and for all um, that they, in fact, do have that authority. Um, and one important note, um, and we'll see where these discussions go in the, in the interim as, as we, you know, uh, move to advocate um, in, in, at the local level, cities and counties, um, is that in those um, bill hearings, Excuse me. Bill hearings for that Senate Bill 371. Um, you know, legislative council bureau, 
Legislative Council Bureau, who is kind of the brains of, of the, the legislator, legislature, um, uh, you know, they said on the record that they're like, yes, this, this checks out. Uh, cities and counties do have the ability to act. And although um, uh, the governor, uh, Lombardo, vetoed this bill, um, we do think those conversations that were had um, on the record were significant and hope to see some headway there. Uh, and it probably won't come easy. They'll still be resistant um, and still have, you know, other, I'm sure, nonsense initiatives that don't matter. Um, and, but we'll yeah, keep making noise around that. This is the Our Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columban, and we're here with Ben Innes with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. And we'll be right back after these ads from two other podcasts in Reno you should also be listening to. Do you want to keep up on what's happening in the local art community? Double Scoop always has the scoop on that. Want to know which exhibitions, parties, and other art events are happening this weekend? Follow us on Instagram at DoubleScoopNevada and listen to KWNK 97.7 FM for our Short Scoop Art Events Roundup. If you're an artist and you're looking for places to show your work, we have lots of opportunities listed right now. To find them, visit DoubleScoop.art events and filter for Call for Artists. If you'd like to follow all of our art news and meet local artists, you can sign up for our email lists at DoubleScoop.art. Do you like podcasts? Well, we have a podcast from you. This is Sean from Up in the Mix. This is Delafoto. Do you like to get into uh, random wormholes of conversation? Do you like to learn about the culture from sneakers to hip-hop music to basketball? Then we have a podcast just for you. We have one called Up in the Mix. It is available on all streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple. Check us out, upinthemix.live on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Salud! And we're back. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbant. We're here with Ben Innes with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. So, Ben, you grew up in Las Vegas, is that correct? And then you came to uh, Reno, so your life has been half-half. How would you uh, compare the two cities and how, you know, they deal with the issues that you're concerned about? Yeah, great question. Um, Let's see. It's a little lot. My time is a little lopsided, you know, in in my role, which uh, I've been in for about eight months now. Um, I get to do, uh, you know, increased work down south. Um, but I guess, you know, truthfully, I've been in a bit of a bubble uh, before that time. Um, and so what I've seen now, I think, is um, I think just I think similar response. Um, I don't know that our um, continuums of care are up to par um, in terms of, um, you know, rapid rehousing, permanent supportive housing, critical services like that um, to, to um, help get folks off the street streets um, and, and things like that. And, I you know, I don't believe that Las Vegas has a uh, failing megastructure like the CARES campus uh, as we do uh, up here in the north. Um, um, but, you know, despite that, I do, I think, you know, speaking to the need for housing champions, um, I do believe, you know, that we have... Um, some in, in each pole of, of the state um, and really just trying to to build that momentum and that power, um, really make those um, um, strong asks for, for more funding for, again, th- those um, um, critical services or, or shelters um, and more just the development of affordable housing. Um, but even that, there's an asterisk on that because, you know, we say affordable, uh, affordable for who? Um, and so really just making sure um, that it is, um, you know, low-income housing and, and accessible Um Yes, and how do you view those terms uh, that people use, you know, 
affordable housing. Some people use accessible because if you don't necessarily have the credit or you know you can't access that housing, there's the term workforce housing used a lot by uh, Jacobs Entertainment and others when they say they'll have a percentage reserved for that. So how do you view those terms? Which terms do you prefer? And can you define those terms a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll do my best on the spot. Um, I would say, uh, you know, really value uh, low income housing because um, it focuses on those who, who are at those lowest thresholds. Because, um, again, affordable just it just um, I think is ambiguous. And, and because it's ambiguous um, could um, yeah exclude folks uh, and then workforce housing. Um, you know, I think Jacobs Entertainment has a uh, quite the reputation up here in the north. Uh, I think my first uh, flag on that is that uh, that it comes with a, a caveat or a catch. You know, um, and you know, all for um, making I don't know, getting folks ready ready to work, but uh, making that I guess the the condition uh, for which that they have housing um, just uh, doesn't really sit well with me. Um, instead of again making sure that it's this um, irrefutable, uh, inalienable right. Um, that because you live, because you exist, like you, you are afforded that opportunity. Uh, it doesn't come with strings attached or, or a carrot um, that we're stringing folks along. Um, yeah. And you talked about housing as a human right. And uh, during the, the COVID pandemic, a lot of money was spent. Uh, there were some results. For example, I think child poverty went down a lot with all the, the family checks that were received for a while. Uh, do you think a, an opportunity was missed in terms of housing? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because, I mean, that was a huge turning point. And going back to a, a question from a moment ago, just about the coalition's history, because um, we did, uh, yeah, we were founded in 2020, uh, just months before, two months before um, uh, shutdown and, and the uh, kind of onset of, of the COVID pandemic here, at least in the state of Nevada. Um, and so a lot of, um, you know, advocated for a lot of uh, crucial work around um, CHAPS, um, and that, that is... Um, you know, abbreviation is escaping me right now, but uh, uh, crucial rental assistance funds, but then also the eviction moratorium. Uh, and that was huge as well. And I think, you know, um, you know, the other side of, of, of the, the veto situation is that, you know, with the, the strike uh, of a pen or stroke of a pen, uh, we can uh, really do a lot and, and protect folks. Um, and, you know, as, as uh, impressive as some of those protections were, um, there were still a lot of people that slipped through the cracks and those protections were not lasting. They were, they were time bound or temporary. Um, and I think those, um, you know, those who were able to stay afloat were able or did so. Um, and then those who were spiraling continued to do so as well. And how would you, uh, describe, uh, landlords, you know, in, in Nevada and in Northern Nevada, is there a particular type here that, uh, particularly annoys you or you know or how, how how would you define the landlords are they uh, specific to this area yeah um so other than you know producing uh zero uh you know uh wealth or anything meaningful uh to the community um i don't know if there's a a, a, a single type but um that i would define them as um but i would definitely um definitely have issue with with uh, certain types uh and i guess that's the the benevolent landlord uh and you know mom and pops fall in line with there. Uh, and what I'm speaking to is that when we advocate for tenants, um, again, these are hardworking Nevadans or, or not work, you know, elderly students, uh, families. Um, and we say, you know, they need these baseline uh, protections or baseline material needs met. Um, and then the, the, the automatic knee jerk uh, response is mom and pops. What about the mom and pops? Um, and so when I think about, um, 
you know, a, a family or a couple or an individual who, again, has the privilege, opportunity, and the power to own one or multiple properties, um, and we're worried about what's going to happen to to them. Um, that just um, those do not equate, um, and there is, um, you know, an especially benevolent landlord uh, in the the legislature. I believe this was his freshman session. Uh, his name is Senator Stone, uh, and he's a, a recent Nevadan from California. Um, and, you know, and aggravatingly throughout the session. Uh, you know, as we went deeper into into the hearings and throughout the, the again the, the flow of the session, his testimonies got longer about just uh, all the good things he does for tenants. Um, you know, and if if we say um, again, you know, tenants are struggling and and predatory landlords exist. They're not all of them, but they do exist, and we should put protections to make sure that that behavior uh, uh, is prevented. Um, but to say, you know, well, I don't do that. Um, it's not productive. That doesn't help anybody. Um, I don't know what you know what you're doing in the building uh, uh, if you're not uh, supporting folks or you know lifting a finger. Uh, yeah. So those are some of the things I, I take issue with. This is the Art Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbant, and we're here with Ben Innes with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. And one player we're seeing on the up and up who uh, started in uh, Las Vegas who faced some uh, legal problems with the uh, evictions during the pandemic is the Siegel Suites. So how do you see that? We were talking about low-income housing. How do you see that uh, model for the low-income population? Because the city council here does not like the motels, but they don't seem to uh, criticize Siegel Suites just yet. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, and um, our partners, uh, you know, many of our partners, but you know, in particular, the Progressive Leadership Alliance of Nevada, otherwise known as PLAN, uh, has def- done a lot of work around um, uh, organizing and advocating uh, against Siegel Suites uh, for that reprehensible behavior um, before, but especially during the pandemic, uh, when there was an eviction moratorium, moratorium, and still putting folks uh, out on the streets, um, and you know. The worst crisis we've seen in this generation. Um, and, you know, speaking to local leaders again, we we need that that urgency, that that boldness, that braveness. Um, but yeah, that that's I think yeah, bottom of the barrel <laughs> behavior in, in terms of uh, what what they profit from, um, and what we need to look. Or excuse me, what we need that to look like. Um, I think is you know we'll take a couple fronts. Um, you know, because I believe there was uh, some um, federal. I don't. No, I won't say a formal investigation, but looking into the issue, uh, you know, needing something to come out of that. Um, and again, counting on, uh, you know, com- or community members are already uh, fighting and ready. And we need um, our leaders to, to meet us where we're at um, to make sure that, yeah, we don't stand for that in the community. And does the Housing Justice Alliance ever work or consult or meet with the Reno Housing Authority? Uh, there's been some friction with the city of Reno with different projects that they wanted to get going. Uh, do you ever work on those uh, issues? Uh, not as of yet, um, at least, you know, again, in speaking to the, the short time in my role. And I, I'm the, the first, um, you know, dedicated paid staff position for the coalition. Um, and so, you know, uh, uh, you know, we're here for three years now and have, um, you know, upward and onward trajectory. Um, and so, you know, that speaks, it goes back to the kind of developer focus, which is a critical piece. You know, if, if we have, if Nevada has had and uh, for years and continues to have um, the greatest shortage of uh, uh, affordable and available housing in the nation, um, then yeah, we need more units. Um, but again, we, we um, particularly focus on uh, the, the protections piece, um, you know, the decriminalization of, of, of the unhoused community. Um, 
and, and again, uh, speaking to um, uh, diverting and preventing evictions in the first place. Um, and so, you know, I definitely imagine there um, will be there's yeah room and potential for more conversations in the future. Um, and, you know, right now it's just one foot after the other. This is the Art Town Reno podcast. I'm your host this week, Nico Columbin, and we're here with Ben Innes with the Nevada Housing Justice Alliance. And as we wrap up this episode, uh, I... I asked a lot of questions. So anything that you wanted to underline to make sure that the public knows about and the importance of uh, what you're doing? Uh, yeah, uh, we are here, um, you know, organizing uh, and representing and working with uh, tenants uh, who make up over 40 percent of the state's population. Um, our, um, you know, crisis, just uh, if it's not stagnant, it is only worsening. Um Governor Lombardo failed uh, Nevada tenants uh, with those vetoes. Um, and until we start doing something different, because um, it's not a matter of, you know, market sensibilities or supply and demand, until we start looking uh, at housing differently and, and start protecting housing, um, then we're just, you know, waiting until the next crisis. Uh, and so we're here to, yeah, prevent that. And a new trend, a uh, new financial instrument is, are these companies which allow uh regular citizens to just put in a few hundred bucks collectively to buy properties across the United States and in Nevada. Uh, And that's being done more and more, but it's these big companies that then control uh, these different houses. And so it puts, you know, home ownership even further away from most people. Is that going to be a problem for tenant protections, you think, going forward this trend? Yeah, it certainly can be, Um, you know, and I just think that's one example of many um, where there's the idea um, you know, from from the status, excuse me, status quo that um, some some new startup, some new business is going to, you know, help save us. Um, and, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's about uh, it's about um, organizing and, and, and power, tenant power. Um, and again, those those uh, meaningful uh, lasting protections that are, are largely um, proactive, preventative. Um, we need to stop, you know, um, treating the symptoms uh, rather than the disease, so to speak. Um, yeah, you know, there, there was one bill um, that kind of reminds me of that, and I guess it's a moot point now, but it was Assembly Bill 123, and it would have enacted, uh, it, it, it stalled and died, would have um, enacted this program. It was called lease, lease Assurance. So if you had bad credit, you could just pay more a month, basically, through a subscription model, effectively, each month um, to help um, kind of cover that, that gap. Um, and, and I just think that um, really illustrates the point of... Um, how, how some folks in power tend, tend to view these solutions without really looking at, at the root of it. Because um, folks who are struggling uh, can't be saddled with another bill. That just, yeah, just doesn't doesn't make sense. Um, and the economy's doing a little better. Inflation is easing a little bit. But for tenants, it's still very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, if rents are staying the same, uh from last year to this year, and that's, we'll just say hypothetically, or, you know, for certain tenants, for certain folks, they still rose, you know, uh, uh, to just um, incredible amounts in the years before, whether uh, um, hundreds of dollars in a single year or, or spread over single years. Um, and so, you know, a, a 1% decrease or 2% cooling in the market, um, you know, if uh, there's a metaphor uh, one of my peers uses that like a 200 degree boiling water is now 198 degrees, you know, still very, very hot. Um, and so again, that's why we're talking about, um, you know, I apologize for the redundancy, but uh, real, concrete, meaningful, lasting, and not just waiting for uh, the market to, to boom and bust and, and repeat these same cycles. Thank you, Ben, for your expertise. Any final words? Uh, no, just thank you, Nico. I, I appreciate the conversation and uh, yeah, anytime. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Our Town Reno, at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.